the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Iron Real Estate, um, the only show on talk radio, and we've been on for a very long time, thanks to you guys, at least 12 years, I think. Uh, and we talk about real estate and all the millions of things that have to do with real estate, um, which is financing and legal stuff and uh, property values. And obviously, you know, we, we talked a lot through the pandemic because it affected real estate. And I honestly, at the time of the pandemic, didn't realize that it would really boom real estate, but it really did. Uh, I think real estate's never been busier across the country. And um, one of the industries that led us through the pandemic, and I say it like it's past tense, but that's wishful thinking. I'm positive thinking that it will be like a flu eventually. Uh, it really pushed us right through the pandemic and it's as hot as the the market, the real estate market is totally hot across the country. Uh, This is a new decade that we're in, a new time. It's what they'll call post-COVID and uh, it's really affected people in a lot of ways. Uh, But most people are looking to buy, move, upgrade, trade up. So, We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you're thinking. And you can call us at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. I have Ace Wadisu Park, who's the Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank. Hi, Ace. And then there is Stephen Ebert, who's... Hi. You see what when you do with technology, you can't see whether the person's there or not, but... Everyone is, until this COVID thing clears up, most people are, well, the uh, radios are pretty much doing it remotely. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping by the end of the summer or by early next year, um, you know, because people are gradually coming back to work. Uh, and Stephen, who is a partner of Casson and Casson, and he has offices in Manhattan, Westchester, Dallas, and Phoenix. So if you have any legal questions, you can call us 866-970-9622. And by the way, uh, guys, I mean, I was in the city and uh, I think it's picking up. There was traffic and I got stuck in traffic, which it's been a while since there's traffic. I, I know Ace, you've been in the city all through. I left for a little bit. Uh, Steve, and you've been there. But 
it's really so i think it's really starting to pick up it's unfortunate that you see a lot of store closings and uh things that didn't come back although some of the hotels that are closed and boarded up are are reopening um but they're just not ready to reopen yet um what do you think you think we have about another six months to go eight months what do you think i mean this is just speculation obviously nobody really knows what are you thinking you know I can tell you with the good weather of the last three weeks, it's definitely changed the um, the scene here in the city. Um, it, was, it wasn't it was as busy. There's traffic, to your point. Every single day now, there's rush hour traffic, which I'm not used to at all because it, it used to be so empty, Dottie. But um, the good weather, the great weather, actually, it's, it's bringing people out. People are, are all over the place, and um, restaurants are, are busy. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a scene to, to watch because... For a year now, we've seen the city really, really slow and desolate, but it's hustling and bustling. You know, um, I work right on 42nd Street and Park Avenue, right in Grand Central. And I can tell you every morning and every day after work, you know, I see people out everywhere. So it's, it's definitely coming back. Now, are people coming back to work? Not as much. People are still working remote, but there's so many people, you know, on the streets, you know, just, I guess, just commuting and going wherever they are possibly working from home. And, you know, it's interesting, Dottie. I talked to a coworker, and they're saying that folks that work from home are actually commuting a lot more than folks that work at the office. And they never thought about that because they're running errands while they're working from home, right? So they're out actually a lot more. They're not inside the home or at the office. They never quite understood that, but they're like a transportation and um, transient will be so much more uh, with folks working from home a couple of days because they're using those days to run errands while they're working and things of that nature. So there's an interesting mindset, but I never thought about well, that body. So we'll see. We'll I, see what happens. You know? I never thought about it either. I never thought about it either, but I, I can tell you this. Um, you know, although you can, uh, you know, these trends that came through the, you know, that started from the pandemic, uh, like remote working and things of that nature. And I think we'll carry on past the pandemic. Uh, but uh, obviously, I don't think anything replaces social interaction. So I think it will be kind of a combination. And obviously, you know, uh, I'm sure the three of us, we're used to working every day of our lives. Like, you know, I mean, I worked on weekends, everything. So uh, physically, was not home. And then after, like, you know, in the beginning... I was a little bit losing it, but I thought the pan- I thought this virus would be done like a month or two. Like I think it was, they closed this down, I believe, in March. And I said, ah, you know, it'll be a month or two. But after like two or three months, I was like starting to lose it. And I remember when Zooms to happen, I was so happy. Like at least you could not physically, you know, you know, you could see somebody, and. Um, the technology that they're coming out with um, for all of you listeners, uh, as far as, you know, someone always asks me a question, would you ever buy a home without seeing it? And I say, no, that was my answer. Um, and, you know, some people do it, uh, not that many yet, but the technology they, they have out now that's really coming out, you could actually walk through a home, it's 3D, you could feel and touch the furniture. I mean, you could, it's really... Uh, you know, and then of course you you'd have to have zoom so you can zoom in on the street because obviously the 
the street's important, if it's a busy street, if it's not a busy street, if there's, you know, if there's homes that are kept up well or they're not. But it's uh, amazing. But I think everyone got kind of used to kind of a, a kind of mixed breed. And now I think it's pretty good. I, I don't mind it at all, going to the office sometimes. But when, but as you said, Ace, I had traffic, so much traffic. And I said, oh, good. I mean, I was mad that I had traffic, but I was happy uh, because there is no place like New York City, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm a Long Island girl, and I love Long Island. And when I first came to the city to work, which was about 20 years ago, I was like, well, uh, I need green. I need to see green around me. Uh, but... I would never leave the city. I, I love Long Island and I still uh, have a home here, but I I just think there's something very special because it's just every nationality, every language, every economic uh, group from the homeless on up to uh, billionaires all really live in a small radius and really live on top of each other and somehow it all works. They get along. I mean, and for most part, even though our crime rate is up, and that's probably because of the whole police thing, I really think that it's a very accepting city, and I think that everyone just fits in. Nobody really stands out. Everybody, you know, anything goes. And I don't think there's anything, any place like it. So I'm so happy to see it coming back. And again, we had a cold winter. So with a lot of snow, I don't know how great outdoor diet. I mean, it wasn't for me to sit outside with a scarf and a hat and a, and, a, and a jacket. I mean, so I think the weather has really also now people are coming out, they're sitting out at night. So it's great and I'm happy. I'm happy about that. The other thing is um, I, uh, Times Square is, I hear, getting a $25 million makeover. And... Um, the Thomas Ruder Building, which is at three times square, is about to get a $25 million renovation. Now, the Ruder family, which is a very big family in the city, which owns the building in a joint venture with Ruder, is renovating the 30-story, eight, uh, it's a skyscraper, to include glass wall, triple height, new lobby, and, you know, elevated, and uh, go on and on. And um, the redevelopment of Three Times Square is a clear commitment to the future of our city, said Rudin Management. And one thing I can tell you about New Yorkers, when times are rough, they don't, uh, the true New Yorkers, they stick it out. They are, they, 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 so Rudin, the Rudin family is very committed. They own a lot of buildings in the city and um, they're setting the example of doing a $25 million makeover to show their commitment and so are a lot of people so that's all good news um you know even though the renovation comes at an uncertain moment for the country's largest office market when rents are down about 7.9 percent um they're doing it and they're showing that you know and as i say don't bet against new york you'll lose brooklyn's luxury market a cool last week it took two weeks to sell a few things, which is long. I mean, uh, but Brooklyn is off the wall. The total sales volume of Brooklyn was $64 million, More than a half of the $133 million in deals were inked in a week. In a week. Okay? So, um, 
condos and townhouses to 11 contracts. Fort Greene, a townhouse uh, on actually 191 Washington Park, uh, was the most expensive deal of the week, which uh, was asking $4.9 million, and they got $4.5 million, I believe. So Brooklyn is just going crazy. I don't know if you guys remember, you know, in Hudson Yards, and for those of you who have not been there, I would have told you a year ago before the pandemic, you should just go. Uh, coming from Long Island, we had malls, but, you know, in the city when Time Warner was built and now Hudson Yards, these were, this there's really with no indoor, and I, I don't want to call them all, but it's like a spectacular place. Uh, they had a big party when it opened. When did it open, Steve? You remember? I, I'm just trying to, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a couple of years. Um, and obviously a project of that size, there's a couple of phases and everything. Um, and, and it's really a fascinating project. Um, obviously, it had some timing issues and, you know, not everything is exactly where they hoped it to be. But there was a lot of successful elements to it. And it, it's really a site worth seeing and you can tell it has the future you know it's it's interesting you know when certain projects are created sometimes you don't know what direction that they're going to go and they take time um but you can really see that that's a critical part of the expansion and the movement westward um of midtown um so right it's but, really you know, a sight to see yeah I mean, I went there, and again, it is a sight to see. But it basically is, I think it's three stories. There's great restaurants. There are little, like, wine places where you could have wine and shop. And it was definitely in an area that really nothing was around. So it was a big tourist attraction. And uh, related, which is probably, I, I think, I don't, uh, probably one of the biggest companies in the United States as far as development. Um, they did Time Warner, and... Time Warner changed the whole, I guess, part of the west side of Midtown. I mean, it got so busy after that. So, but there is a vessel and, um, you know, in Hudson Yards and people were cheering because in a joint statement, uh, the designer of Hudson Yards, uh, Thomas Heatherwick, and he, um, the, he announced that the 150-foot tall copper-clad staircase will be dismantled. Now, if you've ever been to Time Warner, this that was a big attraction. Uh, and they, Related, came out with a, uh, a statement saying that, though we believe that the vessel is widely misunderstood uh, public artwork, we made the difficult choice of removing the structure. We've heard the concerns of the community and came to the conclusion that the vessel, in its current form, poses a risk to public safety. We believe digital renditions of the project would celebrate its legacy without endangering lives. Um, three people have jumped to their death from the vessel since it opened in March 9, 2019. And uh, I don't want to say that uh, they, you know, who knows why they killed themselves and I, you know, it just happens that's where they did it. Uh, but some people congratulate um related for doing that because it is a, um, you know, it would cost a lot of money to erect it, but I guess, you know, the community spoke out and they listened. 
again, not sure that the people are going to commit suicide. If they wouldn't have committed suicide, they, you know, they probably maybe would have still, but they did it there. So that's happening. Another thing that you're going to be hearing about, and we're just telling you some things that could happen. And if you live in New York City, then you better go out and vote when you have to vote, because a lot of people don't vote unless it's a presidential election. And um, if you're coming to New York City, you need to know some things that might happen in the future. I think we had talked about a Pierre's hair tax, which uh, Pierre's hair is somebody who has a second home in the city, but it's not their primary residence. They were thinking of putting a tax, a yearly tax on that. And I'm happy to tell you that squashed are not going to do it. But Governor Andrew Cuomo and lawmakers are targeting wealthy residents. Um, and they they want to raise, oh, they reached an agreement. I shouldn't say they want to. They reached an agreement to raise taxes as part of a $212 billion budget deal. They announced that last Tuesday. Under the deal, the top tax rate would temporarily increase to 9.65 from 8.82 for single filer earnings, more than, and people that earn more than $1.1 million. Right, so at least it's high. Income between five million and twenty-five million would be taxed at ten point three, and for more than twenty-five million, it would be ten point nine. The new rate would expire in two thousand twenty-seven. Um, now, New York is paying city taxes. The combined top rate for the highest earners would be between thirteen point five and fourteen point eight surpassing California, which I believe was the highest up until now. And California was a 13.3. So um, we'd be the highest in the nation, according to the tax foundation. So what do you think of that? You think that'll happen? Or will that approve? Well, I, I think it's basically happening. Um, and I think it's also, it sends really a, a, a bad message. Um, I can tell you, that people are very aware of what's going on. We had, while the Pieta tax did not happen, and thankfully it did not happen, it scared away some transactions. We had people who had accepted offers and walked away and didn't go into contract because of the specter of the Pieta tax. You know, there's right. certain awards you don't want, and there's certain awards you don't want to win. You don't want to win the award of we have the highest tax rate jurisdiction in the country. That's not an award you really want to win. And, and, you know, this is where also I got to say that there needs to be a right balance because the reality is if we look at really how the government finances work in the state of New York, there is a small collection of families that are paying the, the vast majority of the tax revenue. And if you push people away, and we live in a world, and we started earlier talking about how more mobile people are, you don't want to push people away, particularly the high-paying taxpayers. And so that's absolutely critical. And, and, you know, by comparison, I mean, just to put it out there, comparing, let's say, New York to Florida, the budget for the city of New York is nearly identical in amount for the entire state of Florida. And the entire state of Florida, which now has more people than the state of New York, their budget, you know, New York is about more than double at the state level on top of that the entire Thank state of Florida. You know what? See, 
thing that came to you all that thought because it's an important thing to talk about. We're going to finish talking about because they might feel with the release of everyone who falls back over this. So let's uh, continue talking about the steps of the break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Valerie Smaldone, host of Bagels and Broadway, Sunday at 2. On this week's show, the creator of a very unique theater company where the immersive experience is phoned in to the ticket fire, Evan Nyden from Candlehouse Collective joins me. Also a favorite on the program, restaurateur Jody Scaravella from Enoteca Maria preparing for an eventual reopening and a new pizza place in Boston that may just be worth the road trip. All that and more on Bagels and Broadway, Sunday at 2. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer, and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 The Mission. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up any non-contact thermometer toward an exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. Fever is a leading symptom of COVID, and using an accurate thermometer has never been more critical. In published studies, no-touch thermometers miss more fevers than they detect. While the new COVID vaccines are becoming more widely available, it's important to make sure you are protected. Monitor for fever with an accurate thermometer backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies. Details at exergen.com, where accuracy matters. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer New York skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer New York. 
That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 970, the answer. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join us for the Safe Money Radio Show, Saturday afternoon at 3. You can also call now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Information Kit and 115-page Safe Money book at 844-751-SAFE. That's 844-751-SAFE. 844-751-7233. The Safe Money Radio Show, Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM 970, The Answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Um, We were in a conversation um, before the break uh, talking about um, New York State taxes and Cuomo raising them. And he did say, though, uh, in, in a, a press briefing, he did, uh, govern, the governor said that he expects um, that this, his budget of raising these taxes so much on real estate will be offset by, a, you know, a repeal of the, of the um, salt deduction, uh, you know, and the salt deduction limits how much you can t- deduct from property taxes uh, you can only deduct up to $10,000. And of course, most people in the city pay more than that. Now, with all that said, that would be great. And I think they will repeal the SALT Act. Uh, and that's great for all of us. But, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people fled. Uh, people that had money fled to uh, other parts of the state, or like such as the Hamptons, or they uh, they moved to Florida or Texas. Uh, where they don't ha- they don't le- they don't have the income taxes that we do, um, the exodus has fired up real estate markets and even led New York restaurants to open up in Palm Beach locations. And I can tell you, being that when I was in Palm Beach, every New York City restaurant was opened up there. So um, I, I you know I hope uh, Cuomo making a bet that people won't leave the city is uh, true, and I think pretty much it will. But just to give you an example. The total number of those leaving may be tiny compared to the overall population, but New York City and New York State get a disproportionate share of tax revenues from the wealthy. And a lot of people don't realize this, okay? And I say this for a reason. Most people don't realize how much the uh, wealthy contribute. I think, uh, Stephen, you mentioned it. The state is home of New York State is home to more than 90 billionaires, and that's a lot, Um and that's, uh, that's according to Bloomberg. And the city has more than 30,000 millionaires. The top 1% of New York, now that's the top 1% of the richest people in New York, combined $133.3 billion in income in 2018. And that's the last year of data that's available. Um, they paid $4.9 billion in local income taxes, making up 42.5% of the total income tax collected by the city. So just think about that. The top 1% of New York, okay, um, paid 42, almost 
0.5% of the total income taxes collected by New York. So uh, that's and, a, and a lot. And I'm going to add to that for a second. One, that's New York City, not including New York State. Right. And keep in mind the people that they're employing. I mean, the reality is there are certain services that they're going to demand by the sheer fact that they're local. Food, ride cleaners, transportation. I mean, just think of the everyday things that ordinary people use and imagine the wealthier is going to use more of it. And then those people are paying income tax, right? There are businesses that survive. So when you actually start looking at the net effect, if you have those folks move, they're actual fairly closely to direct contributions, more than half. That, that, that's, that, that's the reality. Um, so we need to, you know, be very, very careful because look, I, I can, I think people understand and people are willing to pay a premium for New York because it is a premium destination, but you have to be very, very careful. Everybody has a breaking point on that. And, ah. and look, you know, I've, I, I said this one thing before the idea that New York, the budget of New York city, a city of 8 million people is nearly identical in dollar amounts to the budget of the state of Florida which has two and a half times the population on top of the fact that New York state has a budget of more than double the entire state of Florida and New York state has a smaller population. I mean, that, that's the question is, do we have a revenue problem or do we have a spending problem? And that ties into all the operating costs and returns on investment and real estate shoulders also a very heavy burden of that on the property tax bill. I know. So it's really something that, you know, I, you know, you, you hear all the time and people like look at rich people and they say, you know, oh, they have so much and they do, but they don't realize how much they contribute. And a good point, Stephen, was that they also probably are the biggest spenders in retail and clothing and restaurants and businesses and they fuel it. And I know, um, where I live in the city, uh, most of the hotels are not open. Uh, they, they, I think they're they're going to reopen. Um, they look like they're going to. They're not ready to reopen yet because there's not enough people coming to the city. So if he had to do this, I would have said it would be a better time. There'd be a better time to do it. I would wait till New York got on its feet again. So I don't agree with him doing it at this time. But so be it. I think it's a, a done deal. While we're talking about New York, um, uh, you know, I, you know, so much is going on. And, and we just tell you these things to be aware of it. Uh, that was approved. Uh, the SALT deduction, which would affect everyone in New that, you know, Long Island, you know, would affect, you know, all of us here, Westchester. Uh, that would be a good thing. And that's proposed. It didn't happen yet. But hopefully if it, the, uh, the suburbs and everything surrounding New York is on fire, so if the salt deduction is repealed, that would probably make it even busier because, again, you were at one time able to deduct a good portion of your sales of your property taxes and property taxes are high. So if we if that's repealed, you'll be able to get a, a much larger deduction. So we're hoping that that comes through and that and I um, the governor says that that will offset his increase. So. We hope to see that happen. 
Another thing that to those of you who, and I might be uh, uh, talking a lot about New York City, but if you're going to move in New York City and you're going to live here, or you're thinking about it, these are things you should know. For example, um, I'm from Long Island, as I always told you. So when I first moved into the city, uh, I bought an apartment that I paid for a view of the water. And uh, you could see I was on a high floor and you could see the uh, the river from my apartment and I had a great view. Um, I didn't know much about air rights. I heard, you know, I, I knew what they were, but I didn't pay much attention to them because on Long Island, you really don't have to pay attention to them. But air rights are the right that somebody has to build higher. Like if they have a hundred, if they have 50 floors, they can build to maybe 60. And so if you're buying a, an apartment that is a premium price because you're paying for a view, um, you need to really double check buildings that would block your view if they got higher. If they, in other words, if they increase floors and see if they have air rights or not, because um, you can pay for a view like I did and then lose it when they changed the zoning and they allowed buildings to be higher and the building behind me um, built God knows how many more floors on top of it. And there went my view that I paid for. So it's something good to know. Talking about another thing that's different in New York City that people quite, you know, that's why I say, you know, they'll never be able to get a real estate that, you know, really does one size fits all because there's so many things in New York City, especially in New York City, that really are no place else. Now, everybody has co-ops. I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, but they're strict, very much stricter in New York. And um, again, this did not happen. And I think hopefully it won't happen. But um, I, I was reading an article, Stephen, that said co-op boards may have to explain why they rejected a buyer. And maybe you could tell um, our listeners a little about what happens when you buy a co-op, the process when you buy a co-op in New York City. Yeah, absolutely, Dottie. You know, it's interesting. Co-ops really became popular, and it's kind of funny how the whole board approval process happened. It really became popular as sort of a lower middle class movement for home ownership. Um, primarily the garment worker union tried to give their union membership the ability to own a home as opposed to renting in tenements. So that board approval concept really came from being a member in good standing of the union because a lot of union money went behind these buildings. Over the years that's turned into buildings really just deciding to have higher and higher standards. And you have a tension of really two concepts of housing as a public accommodation, but these are private corporations. So you have these two tensions there, but I think we're coming up to a break. So when we come back, I can mention how these two tensions work in some of the proposed legislation. That would be great. We'll be right back. This is Ohio Real Estate. I'm Donnie Herman. You can catch us on Facebook, Ion Real Estate. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. 
I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients, that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial-strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. This is Dennis Prager, along with my fellow host, Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October 27th to November 5th. I've been all over the world, but I can never get enough of the great state of Israel. You will be amazed and inspired in your faith. Dennis and I have planned every detail, minute by minute, of this trip to make sure you have the best experience possible. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, especially because Israel is the leading country in the world in COVID vaccinations. Join us as we sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Walk the steps of the old city of Jerusalem and join us for a Shabbat service that will reenact the old traditions. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Aren't you ready to travel again? We are. So come join us. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. Okay, class, let's bump it up to nine. Come on, Limu, keep pedaling. We gotta build our endurance to let more people know that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance. So you only pay for what you need. Pick up the pace, bird legs! Hey! Don't talk to Lemu like that! I'm not, I'm talking to you! Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Wanna Park, 
our financial expert and Stephen Ebert, our legal real legal real estate person. He's our attorney, and myself, um, who I consider a pretty good real estate expert. And remember, you can um, and always reach us. Again, I'll say it again. You can reach us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you, or you can email me at Dottie at DottieHerman.com. Or you can follow our new Facebook page for more Iron Real Estate exciting news. Um, but of course, we love to hear from you. So if you have a question, you should call us at 866-970-9622. We love hearing from you. And we're in the process of talking about uh, co-ops. And Stephen was talking about how when you uh, go to buy for a co-op, you have to interview with the co-op board. And all buildings are different. So some co-op boards are very strict and some are, are a lot more lax. And that is why I suggest, and I always tell you, um, you need to really make sure if you're buying a co-op to use a real estate attorney and use a broker um, that knows co-ops. As you know, we specialize in co-ops and, and really to navigate the co-op board is pretty tough. And even the board package that you have to fill out. And I really didn't realize this until I actually started to live in New York and do real estate here. But if you fill out the application wrong and you forget to dot an I, they could reject you for that. So Stephen was talking a little about that before the break. Uh, because when you go for the interview, they ask certain questions. And you want to expand on that, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, all transactions are subject to co-op board approval. And they are allowed to say yes or no to your transaction for any reason, no reason, a good reason, a bad reason, except for violation of fair housing. They cannot make a discriminatory reason for turning you down. And this is where the tension, as mentioned before the break, is there. Housing is a public accommodation. There's all sorts of rules and regulations behind it and human rights. But co-ops are also private corporations and there's a body of law that they have the right to keep their decision-making processes completely private. And these two concepts are really at loggerheads against one another. And a lot of people, and as you've mentioned before, are upset that there is really a lack of transparency in the process. And there has been a movement which has gathered steam to require co-ops to give more information and explain why. There are some laws already in existence in Westchester and Rockland counties, in Nassau and Suffolk counties, about how fast the co-op has to respond to a board application and notification if there's a turn down. And it varies county by county. What's being discussed right now in Westchester County, and there is also, it's being discussed by State Senator Kavanaugh, who chairs the Housing Committee on the, in the State Senate, is requiring co-ops to tell why they turn down somebody. Um, it is very, very preliminary. It is not out of any committee. There is a draft that's out there, but again, it's very early on. So I hesitate to say this is what a law might be because a lot of these things die in committee, a lot of these things get revamped. <coughs> but if we take at what this very first preliminary draft from the housing committee has written basically says co-ops have 90 days to make a decision 
if they don't make a decision within 90 days, then consent is deemed automatically given. And if they turn someone down, they have to explain why. Um, I have personally very mixed feelings about this. On the one hand, I think we could use some more transparency. I've been on and I had a board turned down literally yesterday for a client who otherwise seemed very, very qualified. And it's incredibly frustrating and costly to buyers and sellers when there's a turn down. But also I'm very concerned that if it could create an expense cost too, right? If a building says we're worried about an issue, the concern over an issue evolves, right? Who would have thought two years ago a concern about COVID, right? Who would have thought about changing rent laws and guarantors and escrows and so forth, um, you know, having those issues there. So the problem, and we need to make sure that we don't create a new problem and trying to solve an old problem of a lack of transparency, that we don't create a cost factor of litigation and threats back and forth. So that's really the universe of issues that we need to really be cognizant of. Right. So you just need to know that you really have to go under a lot of scrutiny, especially with a, you know, and you'd ask your agent the building because they know the buildings, they know the board rules, and every building's different. Some are not that difficult. Some are very difficult. Um, you have to go for an interview. So those are things that you want to have a, a broker who knows what they're doing and has dealt with co-ops to navigate you through that process. We've navigated, I won't tell you celebrities' names, but we've actually navigated many celebrities because a lot of times you would say, well, and I think I mentioned this on one of the shows that they, uh, Madonna uh, tried to sue uh, just to let her kids live in the house in, in the co-op because she wasn't there much and she lost. But we've navigated to get into the board, to get into a co-op, many celebrities, because a lot of times they don't want them. Why? Because they don't want all the publicity and all the reporters around and all the press. So it's a tricky thing. Um, and all I can say is they're great. And, uh, you know, co-ops are wonderful. But you really need to know what you're getting into. And you need to have a very good attorney to navigate through the you know, help you navigate the process and make sure you're reading everything and know your rights because it's not um, as a condo is actually you own the real estate in a co-op. You basically own shares in a corporation. And Ace, how does it affect mortgages when you're doing co-ops, when you're buying a co-op? Did I lose Ace? I might have lost him for a second. Well, I, I, you know, Daddy, while, while I was trying to maybe get back, a couple points. One, I do want to point out to the audience that regardless of where the source of law is, everything that I've seen proposed is all about disclosure. So you make a great point about the case of Madonna or the case of celebrities where maybe people who live there say, look, it might sound great, cool to have a celebrity in your building, but the reality is there could be a lot of media and a lot of just a circus in front of the building. None of the laws being proposed, and again, they're very early on, would change the criteria or limit the criteria which boards could decide. It's all about disclosure. So, you know, that's a, that's an important point. And what's interesting is it sort of links to a little bit of a conversion. Um, 
Well, you wouldn't say this for most condos. Some condos do ask for a bit of information. I mean, we have we have a, a label internally here at the firm where condos who sort of have an identity crisis when we have what we call condos behaving badly, where they really try to do a deep dive on the buyers, sort of pretending to be like a co-op a little bit. So you definitely want to know the culture of the building also. It's so critical. And that's where really a strong broker can be so helpful for a transaction because they really have a sense hey, of the board in the building. Stephen, right. can you get And also, yeah, and Ace, did we lose you? I thought I think I, I was talking, right but now. nobody can hear. Me, so, so I guess I guess you guys lost me. But um, oh. I just want to give a, um, I guess we, my we opinion. Don't, we can on, never lose you. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was talking by myself here, but uh, so in regards to co-ops with the bank, I can tell you banks have their own set of guidelines, but the co-op board they have their own set of guidelines too, which is good and bad, right? Um, the good part is it helps keep the appreciation and the values of, of the building, which is great because any economic downturn, co-ops are usually pretty strong because they have a stringent guideline on income and assets and things of that nature. The bad part, and I, I don't consider it bad, it depends on how you, how you look at it, is that you may be very qualified with the bank, but for some reason or another, you go for that interview in front of that co-op board and they may just reject you. Right. And, um, I've, I've had clients where, you know, everything looked great on an income and financial perspective from the bank, but for some reason, you know, whether they had a dog or whatnot, there's other factors, um, during a, during an interview and they just don't get accepted. So, um, it's, it's good and bad, right. Um, depending on, on, on which side you're on. So, but Ace, don't you, uh, usually kind of have a sense I mean, you're in the city, so you usually have a sense, because I know you've published uh, uh, for Douglas Elliman, you've given us a lot of information on what what yeah. boards are tougher when it comes to mortgage. So, in other words, when you call up citizens and get ACE, if you're contemplating buying uh, a co-op, obviously you want to check the whole thing with Stephen. You need a really good attorney who's versed in real estate also in New York, and you want to check with Ace because didn't, if I recall, you published a lot of lists for us, giving us information on certain buildings and, you know, whether they were going to be difficult or not, or they required, a lot of the buildings required much more than the bank wants. The bank would maybe say 20%, and then the building would want you to have discretionary, uh, some other income of a big amount. So that kind of information, you really want to check. Definitely. I mean, definitely, you really definitely. want to check, yeah, check and make sure that you can get financing for it because some of them are, as I said, are more difficult than others. Uh, we correct, don't have, correct. we only have a little time for the break, but we're going to talk about financing. And then also, um, I want to spend uh, the second half hour talking about um, the psychology of selling your home successfully. And although it might seem uh, pretty easy today, um, there are uh, there are things that are selling very quickly. But you know, the markets go up and down, and you should have. And if you want to get the highest amount of money, which is what every seller wants, then there are things that you want to know. So I want to talk about that and what you have to do to get your home ready. I also want to talk about um, you know um, the beginning, the cost of what it costs 
to buy a home. So if you're contemplating on buying a home or you have a child or someone who's contemplating buying a home, you want to know how much it's going to cost them and what they have to save up. And I guess I would probably say the first thing to do um, is go to ACE or Citizens and you can reach us, you know, uh, on the show and ask us here or you can uh, email me, uh, Dottie Herman at, at element.com. And you need to find out, first of all, the mortgage. You know, how much can you borrow? Because the down payment for most people is going to be their biggest cost, right? I mean, the down payment always looms uh, large efforts in saving that money. Now, I guess we're not going to have too much time until after the the break and, and we have our news. But Ace, now most people think it's 20% down of the purchase price. Uh, or some people can go for an FHA if you... Uh, are under a certain price range. Or if you were a veteran, you can actually get a VA loan, which is no money down. But obviously, but if you are the seller, if you are the seller and you're accepting and you're looking at offers, and let's say you have multiple offers. Um, let's say I Ace had was selling his home and he has, say, it's $750 and he has somebody who's putting 20% down and wants to pay $750. Then he has somebody who's putting 5% down, but they would pay 750 say 760 Which one is better? Um, yeah, so Dottie, you, we, we, you we want see to look that at the all down- the time. Yeah, Dottie, you see that all the time, it's, correct? It's, it's all about, um, to the seller, what's the biggest risk that, the, uh, the buyers won't come through with the loan, right? So the more down payment that you can show, um, the better you put yourself in, in, in a much better position than the other buyer, right? So look, it all depends on your personal finances, but the more down payment, to Dottie's point, just more solid your, your offer becomes to the seller. And nine out of 10 times, the seller will accept, even if it's a lower price sometimes, a more secure offer. Uh, because they're seeing a larger down payment and they know that that person will have a better likelihood of getting approved from the bank, right? So that's, that, that is a very, very good point that you just brought up, Dottie. You know, and, and that's why they say sometimes cash offers are the best. Um, that will always put you in a, in, a, in, a, in a better position and advantage over someone getting a mortgage. But if you are getting a mortgage and you can save up now and prepare yourself to put a little bit of a larger down payment, it's going to put you in a better position down the line. Yeah, I want to talk a little about I want to continue that. I want to talk a little about the mortgage rates and things of that nature. But if you're a seller and you get two offers, okay, and one is higher than the other offer, but it has less down payment, how do you analyze that? Which one should you go with? Well, you know, it's a tough decision, and there's no right or wrong decision. Um, depends on your risk. But so we'll take a little time to talk about that and selling the home. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.